fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Pile Hey everybody and welcome to episode number 36 of the third season of the Fantasy Fullback Dive brought to you by the good people at the Roto Street Journal. The Fantasy Fullback Dive is your league blocker. We are paving the way for your league championships. Yada, yada, yada. You know the deal. And man, we are putting our money where our mouth is lately. We have been coming up with some good freaking values on some guys that are out there. And I hope you've been keeping track. I hope you've been keeping score. Because it seems like we're making a lot more than we're missing. I, of course, am your host, Nat the Truth Jones. With me, as always, the Wolf of Roto Street himself. Wolf, do you think that's a fair assessment, what I just said? I think you're absolutely right on. And I mean, I don't want to be one of those sites that only toots their own horn. We own our mistakes, and I respect that about you and me. Uh, but man, we've been really on fire lately. Mahomes, obviously, the long dick of Mahomes is the top of this agenda. And for good reason, the guy is laying the pipe on opponents on your fantasy opponents. If you own him and if you listen to this podcast, you better own him. We've been talking to this guy. Uh, before Alex Smith got released was the first thing I wrote. I wrote, even wrote, you know, wait on QB enthusiasts. will probably be high on Mahomes, but I'm going to be the first. It's before the Super Bowl and Alex Smith's still there. I'm going to be all in on this guy. And we couldn't be more right. I have random people at the Howling Wolf last night come up to me and go, man, you were really right about Pat Mahomes. Like, I didn't even know you knew my, I had a site, but thank you. So uh, it's made me look good and I appreciate that. But hopefully even more importantly, it's helping you guys out in fantasy and, and helping you win titles because, man, that guy's going to be an MVP the way he's playing right now as a, a 10th round, 11th round pick. Unbelievable. You know, last week we called Will Fuller's reemergence. We've just been, yeah, pretty scorching. So if you're listening for the first time or a long time, hopefully we've been hitting on our picks for you. People are just teeing them up and we're just knocking them out of the park. So keep them Absolutely. coming. Keep throwing us those fat pitches. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, let's not get carried away on Mahomes. There's a great prediction. It's two weeks. Okay, so mm-hmm. like, you know... In five weeks, uh, you know, then I'm willing to anoint the guy the MVP of the league. But, man, what a start. Kansas City's offense, just devastating. The guy I was really high on, Tyreek Hill, uh, who was just kind of a ho-hum part of the attack uh, on on Sunday, which meant like 95 yards and a touchdown. And, uh, you know, and he didn't even do anything. Exactly. Right, exactly. Tyreek Hill, just 95 in a TD, yet that Mahomes still throwing six TDs. He's getting his own fantasy goods, Tyreek Hill is. That's why we were so high on you know Mahomes was the cannon arm, but more so the weapons around him. Just insane weapon. We were seeing it being used most more creatively than ever under Andy Reid. And what's even better is how horrendous their defense is. It's going to always be a shootout in Kansas City. So as good as Mahomes plays, he has to keep the, the foot on the gas because that defense is going to keep surrendering a million points every week. We saw Big Ben score 40 fantasy points this week. I mean, it's just going to be firework after firework show in Kansas City this year because they're going to produce their own fireworks. Everyone else is going to shoot up against them. It's just insane. It's amazing. And that's why he's going to be the fantasy MVP is both his own offense and also just the abysmal defense. I'll tell you another guy having a great season that I think might keep it going this week is uh, the magic man himself. I know. That's a burning question. We'll save that okay, one. Okay, we'll for, save uh, that one. Segment three coming up later. But yes, we got to talk about the magic man, of course. All right. Now, one other thing to, to just mention is that the Wolf and the Truth played their annual Roto Street oh, Journal regular season game. 
And the wolf had a lot of things to say. He's like, oh, we're going to do it. The loser's got to do a reading. I'm going to, you know, bend you over a chair and like show you what's up. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. Um, it was an ass kicking. It was a, a major league ass kicking. And it was not an ass kicking delivered by the wolf. Uh, the wolf was the one getting his ass pounded, as mm-hmm. it were. And as a result, he has a few things that he'd like to say to our radio listeners out in uh, America and everywhere else. Link Clegg, I hope you're listening to this too in Australia because I, I want you to know what kind of a guy you're, you're listening to. Oh, God. Yeah, this is going to be a fun one. Hello, loyal listeners, viewers, and patrons of the Roto Street Journal and the Fantasy Fullback Dive. A lot of words were exchanged recently on the podcast regarding the Week 2 RSJ Expert League matchup between myself and my esteemed co-host, Nat The Truth Jones. I ran my mouth. I led the general public to believe I was going to defeat The Truth, who was a much better fantasy football player than I could ever hope to be, and, assuming I would win the game, gleefully announced that the loser of the game would have to do a reading of this kind. The question is, was this a good idea? Well, let me tell you. As I was being passed back and forth between Ben Roethlisberger, Tyree Kill, and Todd Gurley like an old cum rag at a ninth grade circle jerk, (laughs) it occurred to me that I should have kept my fucking mouth shut. Of course, keeping my mouth shut now is no longer an option, (laughs) as it is constantly being filled with cocks the size of those cheese logs people serve around the holidays. I would like to take this brief fleeting time between this massive assault to congratulate my co-host, Acknowledge him as my superior in every way and wish him luck over the rest of the season. Now I have to go. Emmanuel Sanders is outside waiting for a turn. He didn't have that good of a game, but he heard this is where the action was, so he figured he'd stop by. (laughs) Thank you for that beautiful reading and every word just completely met. My mouth has just never been shut after those cheese logs have been forced into it for the last two weeks. Jesus Awful stuff, but yeah. It was I, pretty gotta, bad. Your team did not show up. It didn't. No, it, my team did I not show up. I think your quarterback showed up and nobody else. Right. It, it was a tough effort for the uh, the Wolf on this one, but I still like my squad. They're, they're coming into full form. This was just a tough week where your team blew up, and you're right. I was the cum rag this and week. I got, so. <laughs> I, got, I got Jimmy. I got Jimmy this week, and I'm a huge favorite. Like Jimmy's team looks like they're in some trouble. Oh, they, I mean, I think you want to talk about getting force-fed dicks the size of cheese logs. I gave it a gym, but I think I scored 170 to his, like, 80 in week one. So, but, I mean, that guy still is shitting pancakes after that effort I no, gave him. I'm, like, a 25, 30-point favorite, I think. He, I think I think he has Le'Veon Bell and Devontae Freeman. So, that's going to be a rough rough one for him because I got a couple Absolutely. guys bringing the heat. All right, we're going to be right back after this. We got a jam-packed stock watch, trainer room. We're going to talk Rex Burkhead, Will Fuller, Marcus Mariota, uh, Leonard Fournette, Marquise Goodwin, uh, Devontae Freeman, you know, the usual suspects right after this. All right, we are back. I just want to say as a full disclaimer, when I rattled down who was going to be in the stock watch, uh, it had not been updated from last week. Uh, Except a couple of the guys are still on there. We're actually going to hit Josh Gordon, Antonio Callaway, Aaron Rodgers, Marquise Goodwin, and Leonard Fournette, who I alluded to earlier by accident. Even a stop clock is right twice a day. And Larry Fitzgerald, of course. So we're going to get right into it. Josh Gordon received uh, a string of texts from my buddies, Jimbo, the Salt Man, the Wolf. By the way, Wolf, uh, when you broke this news, when you texted me this news, I was talking to a couple guys on the playground in my kid's school, 
And I, we had been actually talking about this very thing. And then you texted in confirmation. And I immediately said, uh, my buddy, the Wolf, from my fantasy football website, says Josh Gordon of the Patriots has done that. And they're like, oh, is this a reliable guy, blah, blah, <laughs> Then, like, four minutes later, the guy next to me's phone uh, buzzed. And it was Bleacher Report saying the same thing. So, you, uh-huh. you actually, we actually scooped him. <laughs> <laughs> I so, love it. Yeah, it was awesome. Anyway, uh, you guys were talking about, you know, coming in your pants and all that good stuff because you're excited about Josh Gordon. Let's pump the brakes just a little bit on that. But like, talk to me about what's going on with Jordan. What You're excited, right? <laughs> Actually, you just made me laugh because one of my buddies texted our group chat uh, the other day. He's like, I'm in three separate group threads about Josh Gordon and all three of them, the word come has been used multiple <laughs> times. So I just, I'm glad, I'm glad we're at least uh, using the current slang. Right, exactly. We're all using the same words here to describe it, but it is come. I mean, this is Josh Gordon entering a wide open, vacant target competition right here. But you're right. The Greg do have to get pumped. You're seeing so many Randy Moss comparisons, all that jazz. And could he potentially emerge at that at some point in the season? Maybe. No. I mean, the guy is raved and praised by Bill Belichick back in 2013 when they met. And he talked – what I loved about what Belichick said was he raved about his middle-of-the-field prowess, his ability after the catch, the way he can dominate at all three levels of the field, but particularly that short and intermediate games. A lot of people drawing those Randy Moss, you know, only going to take the top off the defense, be a deep decoy, all that stuff. Man, if he uses Gordon the right way on those slants where he just rips them and breaks tackles, this guy is deadly. Of course, this is one of the most complex playbooks in the league to learn, earning. And we talked with Ryan Hannibal on the episode just before this, uh, a Patriots insider, WEI Boston. He was very adamant. We got to pump the brakes here. Uh, this is you, Tom Brady's trust is not easy to earn. Josh Gordon has to at least get on the field before we can start praising him. And all that is very true. I mean, this guy has been late to Cleveland practices. That's not going to fly in New England. He'll get cut as fast as he got here. So there is still that zero floor. That's Josh Gordon's, you know, obviously the the huge risk that clouds him all the time. But the talent is unbelievable. He's playing with the best quarterback by far of his career. He led the league in receiving no in only about 14 that. games uh, when he had the seventh worst quarterback rating thrown to him that year. So, I mean, the this guy could absolutely explode. I think it will at least take a few weeks but my prediction is by midseason, he's rolling in a, a key cog to this attack in a very usable fantasy asset with that, again, enormous ceiling. I, I really like the move, but yes, you got to wait a couple of weeks and pump those brakes just a little. All right, Browns coach Hugh Jackson confirmed that Antonio Callaway has an every down roll. Uh, just as an aside, Hugh Jackson's got to be the worst coach in the NFL. And I don't throw that around lightly because Matt Patricia is also like, seems pretty terrible. But Sean McDermott with the Bills, I mean, that guy's awful. Well, He'll he be- doesn't have any players. Like, uh, that's true. He doesn't have any players. I mean, but you, Jeff, saw, no, you saw Hard Knocks. You know how Hard Knocks usually gets you really pumped up for whatever team? You're like, oh, yeah. I mean, they do the great job of just selling whatever team right. they're doing. I left that just being like, man, that guy's a terrible coach. I, I thought the same thing. They got to get rid of this guy. Absolutely. And, and he's one in third. Anyway. We're talking about Antonio Callaway here, right. not Hugh right. Jackson. We're on the same page on he's Hugh Jackson. He's not getting us fantasy points for Hugh Jackson. No, not. he's That's not. Let's saying. see if Antonio Callaway is. What do you got? And I think he could. I mean, the guy is obviously a freak athletic talent. That's why he, he was a first-round prospect, obviously fell because of the off-field concerns. 
but he's flashed that ability, whether it's those you know toe-tapping drags along the sidelines, that deep 42-yard bomb he caught, put the team ahead uh, last week. Obviously, Callaway's having these flashes, and that big play threat, what Josh Gordon was supposed to be in this offense, is vacated, and now he's going to be uh, – that's going to be handed over to Antonio Callaway, who Jackson's just hyping up. He has to take it all. He It's his time, said um, Jackson. Played about 82% of the snaps last week, put up yep. 16 fantasy points on that. We got Landry now a little bit banged up, and these guys are just two completely different receivers. He's, yeah, he's just a rookie, and obviously there will be some inconsistency, but I love the talent. I love the opportunity. Tyrod clearly trusts the guy to make a game-winning catch like that. Uh, there's nothing but upside here, and he's unowned in almost every league. About 20% owned after the waivers this week, but still vastly out there. Go get Antonio. Go check at least if Callaway's there and pick him up if he is. All right, trainers room. Aaron Rodgers says there's quote concern. His knee injury could get worse. Well, shit. Yeah, of course there's concern about that. I mean, the guy looked like his leg got snapped in half. Right. Don't you think exactly. that's a concern? I'm concerned about it, and I'm not even a big Packers fan. Of course, and uh, you got to be concerned, and he looked a little bit hobbled up against the Vikings, but this is just classic Rodgers. The only reason I really threw this on there, he's expected to play. He's going to keep gutting it out, but he needs everybody to know he's gutting it out and that he's concerned and that he's in so much pain. You know, we've seen Brady play through broken ribs the entire season and not say a word until after the Super Bowl you find out that the injury is happening. It's just oh my classic God. You can, I, you Give me a break. Give uh, me a break. I, that's the only reason I put this on there, to just stop this goat. The guy is just such a little bitch. Let that me he tell never, you, Tom no, Brady, is, Tom Brady has never, shit. has never, and I don't question Tom Brady's toughness. You cannot question Aaron Rodgers' toughness. I've never just, seen, I, to know I have about. never seen, he's like one of the toughest guys ever. I have it never seen anybody, face, though. but you, um, you know that he's one of the toughest guys ever. Have you ever seen anybody? I don't think tough guys need to keep talking about how tough they are and how much they're gutting it out for their teammates. Like I, just, I've like, never seen somebody do, do what he did against the bears. I mean, like, that was I, unbelievable. I, however, I've never seen it. anybody do that. I mean, the, I, I thought he was done. He's all about the spotlight in the show. He's fucking, he's a pussy. I hate Aaron Rodgers. He needs, Tough guys don't need everyone to know how tough they are and how much pain they're in. He's a little bitch. He's in pain. He's in a hell of a lot of pain. And he's going to make sure we all know it, too. Marquise Goodwin was limited <laughs> in Wednesday's practice. Uh, Marquise Goodwin is a guy we've been very high on at the Rotor Street Journal that has just, you know, due to injury, we've not really gotten to see anything about him yet. So I, I'm hesitant to call that kind of a miss yet for us. We've not seen the guy in his element. That whole 49ers offense you know, uh, right now we're kind of whiffing on all of them because they're all hurt. Uh, what do you think? Do you think Goodwin's going to come back? Do you think when he does, he's going to be as effective as we initially thought he might be? I think so. I mean, it's a bruised thigh. It can't be something that just limits him all year. That's kind of weak, don't you think? I agree it's weak, and I was kind of pissed he didn't play last week, but talk about a welcome back party. We're going to talk about Goodwin in the higher lowers. I guess we might as well just get him out of the way. We can cross him off the list later. He's facing the Chiefs this week, which we've obviously seen is just pathetic defense, getting bombed week after week after week. And Goodwin, I do think, is still a beast. There was actually a report earlier that Ty, they asked him, you know, do you have Tyree kill speed? And he kind of rolled up his uh, his ankle to show a tattoo of his uh, Olympic medal. He had like a, a date tattooed on. This guy's an Olympic sprinter. He's a freak athlete. I, I'm not worried at all. Long term, if, you know, his owner's 0-2 and trying to sell Marquise Goodwin, I'd be buying all day. I really think him and Jimmy G have a special connection. All that stuff we wrote I still think is very true. I think Breed is starting to emerge in that offense, which will get them back on track in the run game, establish that play action. I think it starts this week. Goodwin has his kind of coming out party and starts the rest of 2018 strong. I'm a big fan. 
Okay, fair enough. Leonard Fournette, who is uh, uh, just a regular on the injury report, uh, <laughs> hamstring. And you remember before the season, I told you I was very hesitant on him, just like I was the year before, just because I think he gets banged up pretty early. He does. Uh, he was limited at Wednesday's practice. Hamstring. Hate the hamstring injury. It's a lingering injury. TJ Yeldon filling in for him in last week's win over the Patriots. By the way, let's talk about that for a minute. No, oh, fuck you. No, no. What's that, that, about? That's that. It. I mean, that that was total domination. Wouldn't you agree? It, they they yes. I I would say Jacksonville called the perfect game. I I respect that they didn't take their foot off the gas. I mean, that was pedal. like the playoffs without taking their foot off the gas. Exactly. I mean, they, their defense is as dominant as ever. We were obviously without some serious weapons. And I mean, Edelman, the main one sure. there in the receiving game. And now we got Josh Gordon. So I would love to see those guys again. And I think we will in the playoffs. I mean, this team is good. Bortles, can, can you trust Bortles to do that again? I, I don't doubt. know. That's, I'm, I'm not, but he looked damn good. I'm not exaggerating. That was the best game I've ever seen him play as an NFL player. And it might be the best game he ever it, played. Yeah, that's, it's Plus, possible. No? But I mean, he looked great. I mean, look, the Super Bowl against Patriots is certainly the best game I ever saw Nick Foles play. Right, exactly. And our defense is a big concern. I could see Bortles going up and doing that again. I don't see our offense shitting what their do you pants think about and back. like two catches for 15 yards. I've heard a couple kind of conspiracy theories that like they understand how important Gronk is and like didn't want to force him the ball against this, you know, hmm. they're a hard-hitting defense. This is a skull-crushing defense. So maybe, you know, going down early, they kind of decided let's not put this guy in severe harm's way. He wasn't running those, you know, seam routes where you're just holding your breath every second. He was very underutilized. And, I mean, again, I there's nobody there to take any attention away from him. I'm not worried about it. I think Gronk's going to have a humongous bounce-back effort this week against Detroit. I think the Patriots in general will have a humongous bounce-back effort. Uh, but, yeah. Which, I mean, they got- which brings us to the real question. Is Leonard Fournette going to play this week? Right. So what we've been trying to talk about is we're not going to play. He's expected to. He was okay. back at practice. Yeldon's not, you know, maybe not playing at all. So they're going to need uh, Fournette to play. He's limited. He was pretty close to returning with the report, say, this Sunday. And they held him out last minute. Maybe that ended up working out in their favor because they really uncorked that aerial attack and obviously bombed us. Who knows if they would have done the same with Fournette back there. Either way, he's expected back. I would be buying low very hard on Fournette right now. He's missed, you know, pretty much essentially two weeks. His owner might be in an 0-2 hole. And they're gonna use this guy like a workhorse. He started out real hot in that first quarter, catching passes, being everything we thought he was gonna be. He could be a real season changer down the stretch. All right. Uh Cardinals coach Steve Wilkes said Larry Fitzgerald, also a hamstring injury, will play in week three against Chicago, of course. Uh any any more concern other than that? You think he's gonna be hobbled significantly? I'm not concerned about the injury. I'm concerned about how horrendous his quarterback play is right now. Bradford Do you think can't... they should go to Rosen? I think it's time. I mean, what else? What else could you possibly see from Bradford that's going to change your mind on this guy? It's time to get the evaluation now and start seeing what he can do. I think Mike McCoy's system is pathetic, which plays into you know Fitzgerald's strengths. We saw him get ten targets, seven catches week one. I wouldn't be itching to roll him out though. I mean, Chicago can get burned out of the slot. We saw Tyler Lockett dominate them. I think Fitzgerald could play a solid game. He's going to gut it out. He's always one of the toughest players in the league. Uh, not unlike Rodgers, doesn't need to announce it to the world how tough he is either but i think fitzgerald can have a solid week this week i wouldn't be avoiding him despite bradford's struggles he's gonna be fine all right we'll be right back we'll talk about who we're higher on who we're lower on and who we're willing to take a hail mary on right after this
we are back. We're going to go higher. We're going to go lower. We're going to take Hail Marys. I'm going to keep you to about two minutes on each section, Wolf, uh, total for each position. We're going to talk who are you higher on at the quarterback position so far. And a guy that you're higher on, Jimmy G, playing against the Chiefs, the defensive I don't know, vacuum. I don't know. Vacuum makes them sound good. They're not Seven. good. They're not good. <laughs> right. They're five. Anyway, you're five above the ECR. Uh, they got them at 11. Uh, obviously, good one possibly coming back. Talk for a minute about why you're so high on Jimmy G. Shootouts, 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 baby. That's what the Chiefs are going to be all year. Mahomes will put up his points, and Jimmy G's going to have to answer against this defense that's now surrendered 438 passing yards a game in their first two concept, uh, contests. And I know Jimmy G's kind of sucked these first couple weeks, three interceptions versus the Vikings, uh, and San Fran was kind of dominating the lines on the ground, so they didn't really need to un, you know, uncork it. But this is the game that Jimmy G really flashes why they gave him that huge contract, especially with Goodwin likely to return. He's got the full weapons cabinet, great offense against a horrendous defense and shootout situation. I really like what he's going to do this week. All right, lower. Russell Wilson, you got to go play in Dallas. You got him as your QB 18. That's five mm-hmm. below the experts. Even the experts aren't super high on him. Man, I got to say Seattle looks like a dumpster fire. Absolutely, and we were dead right to have him yeah, as we our were. most overpriced quarterback in both of our guides we released. Uh, this offensive line, that was the main reason we said we were going to hate Russell Wilson and the overall offense of Seattle, and they have not disappointed on that front. They've been god-awful. Literally cannot block anybody, and Dallas has a sneaky good uh, D-line. Taco Charlton just getting up there. I love that his name is Taco, but more Me importantly, too. he's got some great pass rush moves. They've been pressuring the quarterback well all year, and we just saw the Bears manhandle this offensive line. I think Dallas matches up really well on defense. Wilson, 11 points into the final seconds of last week, and they threw that last second touchdown to get up to 15. But 15 is yeah. pathetic. That's not what you want from your quarterback, especially when we've got guys like Fitzpatrick putting up 37, 40. Wilson's got to be benched. He, he's disgusting right now, especially because of that offensive line. All right, guy you're willing to take a Hail Mary on, and I like this call. We already talked about him a little bit. Blake Bortles, I can't believe I'm actually supporting this. Uh, he's only 34% owned. He's under 10% started. And in my opinion, he played maybe the best game of his career against the Patriots. Yeah, and I don't think he's going to match that output necessarily because I don't think Tennessee's going to have that type of heat where you need to keep that gas pedal down as much. But he's still going to bomb these guys. They've given up the second most points to receivers, getting bombed deep week in and week out. Uh, And again, Bortles coming off a 377-yard 4-TD day, topping 30 fantasy points there. He can throw the deep ball well. We saw it against the Patriots. He's not afraid to go deep. He's got these weapons that are dominating deep. I think Tennessee's the best at getting burned deep, so... All those things kind of add up to me to 300 yards, two to three, you know, Bortles bombs. I I like him to have a big day here. All right, running back. I like this call too. Matt Breda. Breda, Breda, whatever. We know who he is. We've been talking about him for a while since we had Grant Cohn on the show like last year. Uh, You got him as your running back 14. That's seven spots higher than the experts. Uh, You think this is the committee role that he was with that Alfred Morris is about to get shed? I really think he is. I mean, he absolutely dominated this week. Uh, run, did you actually know that Matt Breida is the leading rusher in the NFL right now? Isn't that insane? I did, but it's just because I randomly heard it somewhere like yesterday. It's not like I was tracking that. Did you know that um, Austin Eckler has more rushing yards than Melvin Gordon? No, that's an also another amazing <laughs> just, random fact. Because if I you want to hit know. running back stats, you know, there you go. <laughs> that's another gem. Uh, but Breida, not that I think he's going to be the leading rusher all year, but he really looks 
unbelievable this last weekend. Really a perfect fit for that Shanahan zone-blocking scheme. He had that patience, that vision, and then just gashed people up the middle once he saw the lanes. Got upfield in a hurry, ran real violently, racking up 159 total yards, 14 touches, outgaining Morris by 79 yards on two fewer touches. Yeah, I do think he's you know emerging and separating and becoming that featured back in this very valuable system. Was out there in some leagues this week, so if you could pick him up, he could be a real season changer for you. But I absolutely think that continues. He's facing the Chiefs, who gave up the, the third most fantasy point or fifth most fantasy points to running backs on the season. Uh, gets another juicy matchup there, and again, high scoring game, uh, plenty of passing offense. I think Bruda finds the end zone at least once. It needs to be much much higher on the rankings. All right, the guy I just alluded to, Melvin Gordon, playing the Rams this week. You're lower on him. You've got him as your RB seven. That's three spots lower than the experts. I'm assuming this is not due to the stat I just gave you about the fact that he's being outrushed by his own guy, even though he's allegedly a bell cow back. I'm assuming this is uh, due to the fact that they're playing the Rams. Yeah, hot take alert. We're changing of the guard. Austin Eckler, new back to own. No, it's not It's not because yeah, of I think Austin. he's worth owning. I think he I has I think he's value. definitely worth owning, but not the back to own. That's still Melvin I Gordon. think he might be a better play than Gordon this week. I'm not saying I would start him over Gordon, but like for the, I mean, you know, I could see Eckler doing all right, dump off passes and stuff against the Rams. I could see That's Gordon getting shut down. Too. That's how you're going to beat the Rams is the dump off passes. And Gordon, a very adept receiver himself, being yep. used very well in the receiving uh, game. And that's where he's going to still sustain his value. I have him at RB7, so it's not like I'm hating the guy. But I just love some guys more than him that he's ranked ahead of. So, you know, I think Dalvin Cook coming in this week against the most generous run defense could absolutely dominate against Buffalo. I, I think James Conner ranked below Melvin Gordon's absurd against Tampa Bay that's gotten gashed by every team they've played on the ground and in the air. I just think Melvin Gordon, tough matchup, that stout front seven. Uh, you'll probably find the end zone, maybe rack up 60-ish yards, but like more of a 15-point fantasy day than that 30-point day cheat code status we've been coming accustomed to. All right, Hail Mary, Latavius Murray. I actually like this call a lot from you, and I like it uh, just because of the logic that you use when you're summing up why you think he's a good play. Go ahead. Absolutely. Only 4% started, but he's definitely scoring at least once this week, maybe even twice. Pathetic Buffalo team's been bled for six rushing touchdowns in over uh, in just two weeks. I mean, that's pathetic. Three rushing touchdowns a game they're averaging. And we're gonna they're just going to get demolished. The Bills are. They're going to want to bleed the clock late. And Murray, that's the type of game flow that he thrives on. Was unused last week, essentially, against Green Bay because of how tight that was. Uh, but now this week, he'll see 11 carries or so. Uh, and, and last week, he'll probably see 11 to 15, find the end zone, rack up 60-ish yards for only 4% started. I think that's a pretty damn good play. All right, wide receivers. Uh, you got three guys here, so you're going to have to move fast, but I like them all. One of them's Marquise Goodwin. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical about the injury. The other guys, Keelan Cole, you've got him at 23. That's seven spots higher than the experts. Uh, what a catch, by the way, against the Patriots. Oh not to keep, keep talking about that game. I actually it's am not doing it. that gratuitously. Uh, that that was maybe the best catch like I've ever seen. Um, and Will Fuller, again, you've got him as your 22. That's seven spots higher than the experts. And, of course, Goodwin, 29. you got him 16 spots higher. Go ahead. Absolutely. And we already talked about Goodwin. I won't spend long on that one. But, again, if I love Jimmy G in a shootout, I think he's going to pepper his boy. Goodwin has his coming out party this week. But Keelan Cole talked about you know Blake Bortles and how this team, Tennessee, gets bombed week in and week out. They got destroyed by deep threats, Stills and Fuller, and back-to-back weeks. And Keelan Cole really takes the top of the defense well, was clearly the top target hog. Seven of eight targets, 116 yards, and a TD against the Pats. Uh, he's just going to have an even bigger day this week against the Tennessee Titans. My number 20. 
23 receiver, so clearly I like him even in two receiver leagues. And then Will Fuller. I mean, what else do experts need to see? I get it. The Giants are giving up the third fewest points to wide receivers and or third fewest passing yards in the league. But this is magic. When Fuller and Watson are on the field together, they absolutely dominate. I'll read these stat lines real fast. Eight for 113 and one was last week. Target Hog Central, even more diverse of a role for Fuller. But then five, 125 and two, 262, one, 257, two TDs, four, 35 and two T's. I mean, the guy, all he does is score deep TVs when he's on the field with Watson. How can you not love him? Absolutely love Will Fuller. He gets completely disrespected week in and week out. The only game, I mean, that game where he went for a 113 on eight catches and a touchdown, that killed his touchdown to catch ratio because before that, he had never played a game with Deshaun Watson where like his touchdowns weren't like 40% or more of his catches. It's so, so true. You know, a little disappointing that one touchdown and eight catches of Buck 13. Great game, though. Jeez. Uh, lower, Demarius Thomas. No big surprise here. Wide receiver 32, six below the experts. I can't believe the experts still have him up there. I'm surprised. I mean, honestly, I feel like 32 might be a little high for you, Wolf. Playing, the ba- playing Baltimore. Uh, tell us about the vegan. <laughs> he well one that's the main point against him he's a vegan awful human being uh but 11 targets last week and only generated 18 yards that's pathetic keenum's banged up has a knee injury isn't practicing right now he'll probably gut it out but still hampered and didn't do any damage last week with demarius obviously we've said this since the preseason began it's emmanuel sanders as the number one target demarius is clearly below him used much less creatively uh, and then he's going to also see brandon carr as the outside threat whereas sanders will benefit from that inside slot coverage. Brandon Carr's the one guy that could actually stop A.J. Green when they finally put him on him and kind of shadow him. A.J. Green had a much quieter second half, and I think they're going to shadow Demarius with him. Just an awful play this week, awful all season, really. He's showing what we expected, inconsistent, useless, and vegan. Terrible. All those things. Checks all the boxes. (laughs) Hail Mary, Antonio Callaway, you alluded to him earlier. Also, he's playing the Jets. You got him at your wide receiver, 41. That's 13 spots higher than the experts. And you also like D.D. Westbrook, who I also like wide receiver, 42. That's 10 spots higher. Absolutely. And Callaway, I kind of was be my number one. I'm not sure if this will get out before Friday morning. So I guess we'll be seeing if that prediction is wrong. Or not every down roll that chemistry on the 32 yard bomb. I actually saw a stat that he ran the second fastest route behind only Tyree Kill so far this this year wow. at 21 miles per hour on that touchdown run. So the guy can burn clear natural skill set. So let's go D.D. Westbrook. Though. I already love everything I love about Keelan Cole. Also prized to Westbrook, except not as clear of a target hog, more of a run after the catch type of guy. But still a great play against an abysmal Tennessee secondary at wide receiver 42. Uh, I think is great. I can't believe he's lower than that. Ten spots lower than that by the experts. All right, tight end guy you're higher on. Evan Ingram uh, playing at Houston. You got him as your tight end four. That's four above the experts. Why? Uh, Houston's given up the 10th most points to tight ends, and obviously that's a little bit inflated when you play a talent like Gronk. They got absolutely dominated, but Dink and Dunk Eli cannot move it down the field, and this is going to be a a pass rush that's going to be in his face all day. He's going to want that security blanket, and that's really Evan Ingram in this offense. We really saw him start to take off in that second half against the Cowboys, and I think they found a nice little niche there, and are going to keep kind of peppering that, and Ingram gets at least a you know close to 100 yards in TD. Uh, it's a very generous Houston D against tight ends. You're lower on Jimmy Graham playing the uh, Washington. You got him as your tight end eight. That's four below the experts. Basically, uh, you know, you and the experts are basically swapping Graham and Ingram on your rankings. Um, is this because Washington plays the tight end so well? And they, they play him pretty well. They're kind of middle in the pack against the tight end. If there's one position they give up yardage to, it would be the tight end. I'm more worried about Rodgers crying about his knee, uh, but – 
but also just in general, it's going to be, I think this week, last past week, where he had six for 95 and looked like an integral part of the offense, might make people forget. This guy's going to be very touchdown dependent. Week one did absolutely nothing, complete bust. Uh, Washington's holding the, uh, the fewest passing yards in the league with only 161 passing yards per game so far. I just don't love Jimmy Graham. I think Hobble Darren Rodgers does play into his strengths a little bit more with the quicker passes. But ultimately, I think he's still way more boomer bust than people are remembering, and he's going to have that bust this week. Uh, Joe and I both firmly disagreed with you about where you had Jimmy Graham when we were ranking the tight end. Uh, it's the, true. The, the, the tier jerk. I think you, I had him, you had him second in that tier, and we both were considerably <coughs> lower on him. Um, but I agree with you. He's a total boomer bust. Hail Mary on Antonio Gates. The corpse of Antonio Gates? Or, or just Antonio Gates? I think, gotta, I think point. it's the corpse. I think it's I think it's the corpse too. You got him at tight end nineteen. That's nine spots higher. And this was my my hail mary last week. Clearly didn't pan out with a nice zero goose egg fantasy point day. But there's really no other hail mary tight ends. I look at him like, oh, that guy could score a touchdown this week. And they're, they're sent the Rams defense. If there's any type of matchup to exploit with them, as ferocious as they are. Uh, it's at the tight end spot. They give up the fewest fantasy points to wide receivers, but the fifth most points to tight ends. We saw them get dominated by Jared Cook. Now, I know Gates is not nearly the athlete that, that Cook is at this stage of his career, but if Rivers does find the end zone, and you know Rivers will at least once, if not twice, I bet one goes to Gates. So if you're very, very desperate, maybe give him a look. All right, let's talk defenses. We're just going to talk about the stream of the week defense and i like this because this is the one that i just picked up in my hometown oh, league yeah. dropped the chargers playing the rams picked up the browns now 42 percent owned why is cleveland a good play yeah they're 42 percent owned so by the time you hear this they might have also played i threw in another one just in case but i think the jets aren't that great and cleveland's played two very good offenses in pittsburgh and the saints very tough uh, they had a bunch of turnovers throughout the preseason, and they're just talented. They've racked up a lot of talent on defense over these last couple of years, and I think just because they have this hapless, you know, last year going undefeated stigma about them, people aren't recognizing how talented they are on that defensive side of the ball and how well they've been playing all year. This is by far the worst offense they playing. Uh, they played in the Jets. They're finally at home. They you know, a ferocious dog pound after that tough trip to the the um, Superdome. I really think they come out, you know, flying around the field and just dominate uh, Darnold this week, a short week too. And then you got to go with Dallas. We talked about why we hate Russell Wilson so much, that awful offensive line, this quality pass rush for Dallas. I think Seattle gets blown up again along the front and it just leads to sack after sack, maybe a turnover, maybe even a TD, only 22% owned. If you missed out on Cleveland, then go after Dallas this week. And I just want to make a quick correction for the Wolf so we don't get a bunch of emails and calls about this. Cleveland did not go undefeated last year. That was uh, not, oh. that is that is not what happened. The um, opposite of right, that. Whatever, you know, if you, they went, they were defeated roundly <laughs> all the time. All right, we'll be right back with week three's burning questions. Burning questions for week three, the ones everybody wants to know. And the first one is actually the very burning question that I would have suggested if I had gotten back in, uh, from soccer on time. Uh, <laughs> and that is 2017 MVP candidate Carson Wentz will be making his 2018 debut, replacing the corpse of Nick Foles. Yes. Uh, returning from a torn ACL, is he startable this first week back? What will the Eagles look like under Wentz? I mean, to me, that's just like, it depends what your other options are, man. It's like, I'm not, I'm not going all in to start this guy if I got a decent option. 
Yeah, of course. I mean, if you picked up Fitzmagic, I'd rather play him. But I have Wentz at QB12, so I have him as a, a low-end number one starter this week, even in a return. Obviously, if you have that ability to afford, you know, see a week and see how he looks and see how the knee's holding up, of course you, you want to buy that time. But I think he goes right back in and picks up where he left off. He gets the matchup against Indy. Horrendous defense. I really think he could pick up exactly where he left off, uh, You know, throwing those touchdowns. Aguilar's balling out right now. I like Wentz. Obviously, again, yeah, if you have somebody else, you play them first so you get a, a chance to see it. But if you have Wentz and you've been stashing him and you have a, a shitty option in front of him, roll him out. See what he does against a bad indie defense. All right, burning question number two. In a sentence I never thought I would imagine saying, and I, this is the wolf writing it, but I agree. I didn't think I would say this either. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick leads all of fantasy with 72 fantasy points after going over 400 yards and four touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. Uh, and at least one of those is selling him a little short. He actually had a running touchdown in there too. Can the Fitz magic continue? I think so. Uh, maybe. maybe, maybe not at this level. At four hundred and four, no. I don't think so. But I can see him definitely topping twenty and approaching thirty fantasy points another week in a row, facing the the Steelers defense. Uh, they just got bombed, obviously, for six touchdowns against Mahomes, giving up the second most points to quarterbacks right now. Obviously inflated by that effort by Mahomes, but uh, everything Vince Magic's doing is inflated right now. Although this would be the classic, you know, you're set. You've finally gotten the confidence in Fitzmagic to put him in the lineup. You got him on national TV. You probably only need 15 fantasy points, and you're like, "Yeah, this is Ryan Fitzpatrick McGregor coming in with the shades and stuff." That was that was awesome. And then he's gonna shit his fucking pants. So that, that's classic Fitzpatrick. But uh, I'm not hedging. I think he's gonna have a, a solid effort. I'm rolling him out over Tyrod Taylor and other streamers like that for sure. The matchup's right. The the shootout potential's there. I think Fitzpatrick keeps it going. Dude, I picked him up off waivers after week one, and you know some people kind of mocked me for doing that in the league. They're like, oh my gosh. Uh, and then he lit it up again in week two. I'm starting him this week over Phillip Rivers. I think Rivers facing the Rams D. I actually just made that same exact move in, an, in another league. Um, I, I saw Magic still sitting out there, picked him up, and I'm doing the same exact thing. So I hope it works out Great for us. minds think alike. Joe Mixon, this is question number three. Owners are scrambling after losing their stud for the next two to three weeks. If they got lucky enough to land Giovanni Bernard or Gio Bernard, although I've heard he doesn't like to be called that, what can they expect? If not, where can they turn? I think Bernard obviously uh, will be a great play if they got him. Um, he's going to get that workhorse treatment. They've only have two running backs behind him, and neither one of them have played a single snap uh, for Cincy this NFL season. Thomas Rawls just got signed. He won't be anything this week. And Mark Walton hasn't touched the NFL field yet. They're rookie. So it's going to be the Bernard show. And anytime he's had more than 20 touches, he's put up double-digit fantasy points. He's going to see 20-plus touches and keep that streak going. Uh, they've given up 132 rush yards per game Carolina has. So you can definitely roll out Bernard with confidence as a quality RB. RB2, maybe even low-end RB1. Uh, they've, they've turned into a workhorse type of system. But if not him, Corey Clement still somehow over uh, owned, owned in only 30% of leagues. Ajayi, very questionable to play this week. Very mixed reports about whether he'll be out there. And even if not, Clement's going to be heavy, heavily uh, involved. Was kind of the guy last week, racked up 19 PPR fantasy points. Made me some good DraftKings money in the process. Good bet to find the end zone in this Wentz-led attack that I think like I said, you can start Wentz. I think the offense regains a little bit of mojo. And Clement has a decent week this week. He's the guy I'd turn to if you didn't get Bernard. All right, we're going to come back and wrap things up with the mailbag right after this.
are back. Mailbag. But first, we're going to get real 21st century on you, and we're going to play a voicemail from our boy, Meat Sweats, who we haven't, I don't think we've heard from him in a couple, I mean, at least a few, but I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what kind of sweat the meat is bringing today. So uh, let it go, Wolf. Wolf, what is up, my man? It is the one and only Meat Sweats checking in. Nat the Truth, what's up, kid? <laughs> Calling in, checking in, 2-0, and top of the league, most points in the league. Because of James Conner, the difference maker. I'm going to call him the high sparrow. Guy nice. just publicly humiliates my fantasy opponents week after week. Literally strips them naked, walks them through town, all the way up till Monday Night Football. Shame, shame, Meat Sweats is going to win. Bloody freaking nah. <laughs> and, and so he returns. <laughs> Meat sweats. Bringing the heat. Appreciate it, buddy. Oh, always does. And James Conner, again, roll him out as much as you possibly can. Ride this season winner for as long as it lasts. And I'll actually give me, I'll, I'll take a little credit for that one. Meat sweats was over my place when he drafted James Conner. Last round, I said, take this stab. This was before all this news about Le'Veon Bell was emerging. But it's a keeper league. And I said, perfect stab, James Conner. So I'll pat myself a little bit on the back there. All right, let's go to the mailbag. Jimbo Slice, my opponent in the Roto Street Journal Expert League. And I think these questions, at least the first one, is going to apply to that. Uh, Jimmy G versus Matthew Stafford. Going Jimmy G, my start of the week. I'm higher on him than anybody. Shootout spot in Kansas City. Love that spot. All right, full PPR league. Larry Fitzgerald against Allen Robinson, also from Jimmy. I think Allen Robinson, the target hog monster, a little bit gimpy with Larry Fitz uh, on the the hamstring. Let's go with the guy that's been the apple of Mitch Trubisky's eye so far. All right, Richie Dunkelberger. I'm assuming (laughs) that that's a real name and not made up. I hope it is. Uh, I, I don't actually. I, it's pretty cool, whatever it is. Anyway, Richie, if that is your real name. Uh, Big Ben on the road or Matt Ryan? Yeah. I'm going Big Ben. I know it's road Ben and that's a little bit nerve-wracking, but it's the Bucks. I mean, the Bucks are just god-awful. I don't care if Ben's on the road. He's throwing for at least 300 and a few scores. Okay. Uh, full PPR, also from Jimbo. Corey Clement. Cor- Clement? Clement? Corey Clement. Clement, yeah. Whatever you want to say. Versus Philip Lindsay. Interesting. That's a pretty shitty options there, but if Ajay, this one's kind of a hinge one. If Ajay is out, it's Corey Clement, no-brainer. Uh, but if not, Philip Lindsay's been really rolling for the Broncos. They keep saying they're going to take a hot-hand approach, and they can't find a hotter hand right now than Philip Lindsay. He worked his ass off to make this team, and he's been absolutely dominating since getting the opportunity. He's the guy there for now, so I'd go Lindsay unless Ajay is sitting. All right, Denver Levins at Rota Street Wolf. I dropped my kicker to get Gio Bernard off waivers. Going to eventually need to drop someone to get a kicker back this week. Who would you drop? Here are the options. Pierre Garcon, Kenny Stills. No, don't drop Stills. Chris Hogan, Jamal Williams, Alfred Morris. By the way, my only other running back is Zeke. I'd say I would probably uh, either Morris or Garcon. What do you think? Yeah, even Williams though now, right? Like I, the RB depth is a huge concern here, so that makes me a little bit nervous. Uh, but Williams is useless at this point. He didn't get anything done with Aaron Jones out of the lineup, and now Aaron Jones returns, and he's a better player, more explosive guy. I get that Mike McCarthy's saying Jones is behind him, but now it's a three-headed nightmare. Is he going to actually suddenly get better because Jones is there? Absolutely not. So I actually would call cut Jamal Williams first. And really? then if you're, re- if you're really not trying to cut a, a running back, then Garcon would be the next on the list, yes. Okay, that's that goes against my instincts, but you make a pretty compelling case. All right, uh, 
<laughs> just looking at Jimbo. Uh, his next uh, thing on our Slack feed just says Dunkelberger. Is that a real name? <laughs> <laughs> what a I legend. I know. He's awesome. We need to get him on the show. Uh, all right. This is uh, Chris Hogan or James White at the Flex this week. That's interesting. That's from East Bar Lou. I would go. That is a tough one because both of them have juicy matchups against a very beatable Detroit team. I'm going to go with Hogan, though, coming off a two-TD day after I called him the bust of the week. Uh, I got to go with that guy now. He made me eat my shit, and I'm going to thank him for it by going for him this week. Chris Hogan, higher upside. All right. um, This is replying to Road Street Wolf. Uh, Hooper or Ben Watson? You can't play Ben Watson after how abysmal he's been. There's just no so ceiling bad? there. Why is he so bad? I don't know. What's the Under Armour mannequin himself. I was very excited about his prospects this year. I picked him up in like he, two leagues. Yeah, it's been awful. Hooper's at least been finding the end zone, and if you're taking an end zone stab here, it's definitely Hooper. All right, last one. Am I crazy to want to bench David Johnson and play Sony Michelle? Great spot against the Lions and and Corey Clement. If I leave David Johnson in my lineup, who would you play between Sony and Clement? By the way, I like Sony this week, don't you? I do. I like all the Patriots here. Now, I one will say you are crazy to bench David Johnson. I know he's sucked, and I know it's been very frustrating. I wrote an article about how awful his usage has been, so uncreative. You know, less than half the receiving snaps he was seeing last year, only, what, three targets on the season. Just pathetic, abysmal, awful. It sucks, but they have to right that ship. The, the focus of Steve Wilkes all ye- this uh, week has been talking about uh, we're going to get him more involved in the passing game. We're going to split him out wide, get him in space where he's most dangerous, all that stuff. Whether they actually do it or not, he's still a, a horse in this league. You can't bench David Johnson after making him your first-round pick, at least not for these two options. I like Sony and I like Clement. Yeah, I mean, it is a good spot against the Lions. But this is going to be a week, and this is how I respond to I was like, I really can't wait to see how the Patriots' backs are used this week because it's going to be very telling. Last week was against Jacksonville. Very tough defense, tough game flow. You know, who knows what's really happening there. This is a week where I expect the Patriots to get up big, to visit the the red zone frequently, and we're going to get a a real look at Is it Burkhead in the end zone? Is it Burkhead when they're up? Or is it Sony? How involved do they want Sony to be? So I would wait on him. I'd like to see how everything shakes out this week. It's going to be a very informative week. Uh, But I'd go with Clement. Whether or not Ajayi's there, he's already heavily involved. I scored 19 this week. I think he gets back to double digits again this week, and it's just a higher floor play. All right, I'm going to ask you one for myself, and then we're going to take off. Half-point PPR, Rotor Street Journal League. Who would you start at the flex? Deshaun Jackson, Adrian Peterson, Peyton Barber, Geronimo Allison. Mm, It comes down to AP or Deshaun Jackson for me. And I just don't I know if you can bench Djax at this point with how hot he's rolling, how Fitz is rolling. Again, you'll, you'll probably, as soon as you decide to start him, get caught yeah. with that one catch for 10-yard day and Fitz Magic shits his pants. But I, I'm rolling with him. I, I don't like the matchup for AP. I think against Green Bay, they could get down early, and that becomes a Thompson type of game flow. I'm going to go with Djax. I agree with you. That's who I have in. I was just wondering All right, nice. Thought. All right, we're going to wrap things up right there. Wolf, you want to talk social media? Of course, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe if you haven't already. Let us know on the reviews how we're doing. We love that stuff. You can find me personally at Roto Street Wolf on both Twitter and Snapchat. You can find the main page, Roto Street Journal, on Facebook and Instagram. Lots of live shows going on on both right now. Roto ST Journal on Twitter as well. And, of course, our homepage is rotostreetjournal.com. All the rankings, everything you can find there, the best site in the business. And, again, ffbdpod.com for all our podcast notes as well. I love the Wolfpack. Keep joining. Keep listening, baby. This is why we do it. All right. My name is Nat The Truth Jones. 
And I'm the Wolf. Best of luck in week three, guys. Later. We used to have it all, but now's our curtain call. So hold for the applause. Oh, 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 oh. And wave out to the crowd and take our final bow. Oh, it's our time to go, but at least we stole the show. 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 Straight ahead. Devlin. Second effort. Third effort. Touchdown. Oh. That's pretty awesome. That's old-fashioned football right there, folks.